and uh, as we've been working through the book of Jeremiah, as we have uh, talked about this Safely Home series, and we've been looking at his prophecies concerning the children of Israel, the Jews, who eventually are taken into captivity, and this message is kind of about, it is about that perspective of what Jeremiah did say to the people who were in exile, especially to that second generation of people who were there. And it got me to thinking this week what Jeremiah might say to our graduates of 2021. Now, he might remind them that they are part of an incredible plot to save this world. And every generation, you can go to one address after another and you're going to hear bright-eyed and hopeful graduates talk about how their generation is going to make a difference in the world, how it's going to save the world. And Jeremiah, he invited the second generation of exiles to know that they actually were going to be part of that plot, that plan. That everything that had happened to them up to this point was part of that plot, part of that plan. And that if they chose, this second generation of believers in exile, that if they chose to connect with God, then coordinate with Him their future, and realize that they were part of a bigger collective of believers, which God was going to join together, they could restore to their generation the glories God has in, had in store for them that had been taken away from their families just a few years earlier when they were carried away into captivity by the Babylonians. Now this isn't a stretch because you will hear Jeremiah's wor words oft repeated at graduation ceremonies, some by people who don't even know what he was talking about. You know those words from Jeremiah 29 that we've talked about all year? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. He was saying this to the second generation of those in Babylon held in captivity. They would be in captivity for 70 years. There would be those who were brought into captivity. They had children, they, and those children had children. And then uh, this was kind of that address to those children, children, kind of the natives of Babylon at the time. He says to them, I have plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. And he was offering this in the context of the restoration of their land, their home, uh, Jerusalem, their kingdom, Judah, and to rebuild the temple, which they eventually would do with the help of Nehemiah when he built the walls, Ezra, who helped build the temple. If Jeremiah said something like this to our 2021 grads, we might say, well, you're taking that out of context, Pastor Simmons. But I've never known a generation that God didn't have plans for, do you? I've never known a generation that God hasn't promised that He was going to prosper them. He had no, no, no hope in harming them. and That was not part of His plan for them. He wants every generation of believers to have hope and a bright future or a certain future. 
But it's the rest of that quote that we need to listen to from Jeremiah 29, verse 11 through 14. Because in that, Jeremiah might tell our 2021 graduates, this is how you could respond to God's offering to save your world. He said, then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart, and I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I've banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile, specifically back home to Jerusalem. He might say... You are the children of those who were carried into the captivity of hollow and deceptive philosophies of secularism, some by force and some by choice in our day. And if you've been with us this year, you understand that we are looking at this from the standpoint of our own captivity. How we have been taken captive by the deceptive and hollow philosophies of secularism and progressivism in this country. Some by force, others by choice. But here's the good news for you 2021 graduates, is even in captivity, God has blessed your parents. They have established homes for you. They made good money and provided for you, not just your basic needs, but your dreams as well. They've been part of a good community where you've enjoyed going to school and having friends and being able to participate in things that help your, build your character. But all of this has happened while they are still being held captive by the neo-pagan power which dominates this culture when it comes to sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which manifests in anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language we are living in the midst of chaos all around us, but as God's people, we have that promise from Him that He has a plan for us. That He wants to restore things. He wants to give us hope and a future. The condition of the world in which we live is one in which you graduates must find your way. It's not necessary for you to feel sorry for yourself or say, well, this is, we've never had diversity like this in our world. It may not seem fair that you're living during social chaos, but your parents have done their best to protect you and to prepare you to prosper in God's plan, even though the world around you is enslaved by the power of tyranny in so many ways. God has a plan for you. He wants you to participate in his plot to restore the hope of Christ in your generation and in the next, the Z's and the A's, as they're called. His plot is to write his laws in your minds and hearts once again so we can draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance of the faith that it brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed pure with water, as Hebrews says. That just means He wants us to have the kind of relationship where we can enter into the Holy of Holies with Him, be in His presence, walk in His way, enjoy the confidence of knowing that He's watching over us and protecting us. 
You do have the power to live out a sincere faith in Christ in this godless culture with a clear conscience. And yes, you can live in purity. You don't have to give in to the ways of this world which would stain your heart and your mind. But you must respond to God's offering to give you hope in a future by seeking the connection you have with God. By seeking the coordination of His plan for you. And synthesizing with the collective of other believers in your generation who arise with you <coughs> to restore the systems <coughs> and structures of God designed to prosper our country. So let me use the words of Jeremiah to break this down. Jeremiah might break it down and say to this, to you graduates of 2021, he might say this to you first. Sink the connection. Sink the connection. Now we know that means to synchronize, and that means to get in touch with, to make sure everything's in order. Again, Jeremiah said, then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. That is how we sync the connection with God. We come to Him. We call out His name. We pray to Him. And then He says, I listen to you, which means He has this promise that He's going to be proactive in our lives when we are seeking that connection. When we're seeking that connection with Him, then we feel that full connection with God. But you need to be aware the devil does everything he can to disconnect you from God during these next few years of your life. He will distract you with boyfriends, girlfriends, wasteful activities, and just stuff. In the next few years, he will get you out of sync with God and so disconnected from him that it might take decades for you to reconnect as we have seen is the trend in the last 20 years. If ever, reconnect. And that is why you must intentionally sink the connection you have with God right now because He is the one who really listens to our hearts and hopes and can bless us in them. But it's our responsibility. It's your responsibility. Your parents can't do it for you anymore. You must choose to sink that connection. The devil will seek to diminish your hopes and your dreams by drawing you into empty and deceptive lifestyle choices. We make fun of that now. It's funny how one of the things we entertain ourselves with is the poor choices and mistakes that young people made who are now having children and now they don't want their children to make the same mistakes, but they realize they made them and they don't want to be hypocritical in raising their kids, but they know how, how close that they were to losing everything in those choices. Just avoid all that by sinking your connection with God, by proudly calling out His name in your life. What that means is, don't be afraid to name names. I am a Christian. I am a child of God. We were watching that movie Overcomer um, about the little girl who was the runner. She had asthma. And it's one of those Christian movies, you know, that is produced and some people will say it's cheesy. 
hokey, unrealistic. But in one of the pivotal scenes, the, a man says to the little girl who's the runner, who are you? And she says, I am a child of God. If you call out His name and come to Him, have regular prayer, make sure that your life is with Him, He will listen to you, He will connect deeply with you so that He can direct your path through the many minefields that Satan has placed out there in that path. Now, you don't have to listen to me. You might say, oh, Pastor Mike, what do you know? Well, I've seen this happen over and over again, generation after generation. Had to go through it myself. And I've never once been sorry that I made that sink, that connection with God when I was in high school. Because it has saved me from so much heartache. And all I have to do is look at my brother and the path he took when he disconnected from God to know where I would have gone. You need to seek the connection, but you also need to seek the coordination of God. He says there, Jeremiah chapter 29, he says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. A lot of people wonder, well, what am I supposed to do with my life? Well, your primary duty in life is to seek God with all your heart so that He can coordinate with you what your plans are. Why would you want God to coordinate your plans or you coordinate with His plans? Because in the end, His plans prevail. He wins. His side gains the victory. And those who worship Him and honor Him and call out His name, they'll have that place in heaven. But that's not the promise for those who disconnect from Him, who don't coordinate their lives with Him, who say, I'll just live my own life the way that I want to. Now listen, the devil will also do everything he can to disorient you here in the next few years. He will draw you into divisive controversies by those who claim they care about you, and they will teach you how you should care about others and about the world around you. They'll tell you they know how to save the world. Saving the world is a technique of the day in which Satan has co-opted a good thing and corrupted it with vile intent just so we don't coordinate things with God's plan. And if you look around you and you see all these people who say they want to do good in the name of justice or equality or equity, whatever it might be, if they have excluded God from coordinating that plan, you just need to know it's filled with vile intent. The young are most especially susceptible to this scheme because you are so excitable about life. And these saving the world ideas provide an honorable excuse only they end up allowing you to exercise anger and rage and malice and slander and filthy language. And they say they want you to do that for the greater good. But I hope you realize that those things manifest out of insecurity, not confidence. 
That's why you must intentionally seek the coordination of God in all such matters. He wants to coordinate your life with you. He has a plan for you, and if you know that, then why not coordinate your future with His plans? <coughs> he legitimately cares about the things that you care about naturally. He cares about injustice, inequality, inequities. And if you seek Him with your heart, you will find the way to properly address these things with your energy and effort. The Bible is not silent about addressing these issues. It just allows you to expend those, that energy and effort with God's help without being compromised by unhealthy emotions that the world offers. You can positively seek the coordination of God to bring healing and help to all those in need, as the church has done for 2,000 years. If you want to know what the church has done, just read a little bit of church history of how it transformed civilization by showing love to those who were unloved and fairness to those who were treated unfairly and goodness to those who were treated like property. These are all church concepts that God has planned for us. And yet somehow the world's co-opted these ideas. But God His desires to work with you to coordinate all your energy and effort in an eternally efficient way. So seek out His system to help you. Then Jeremiah might conclude by saying, synthesize with the collective. You know, sync the connection. Seek the coordination. Synthesize with the collective. And when I say collective, he's talking about this. He says, I will be found by you and I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I banish you, declares the Lord. I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. We can look at that in terms of how God wants to bring back the power and hope of Christianity in this once God-fearing culture. We've wandered from it culturally, societally. And your generation can bring us out of this delusion, this captivity of hollow and deceptive philosophies that the world has been throwing at us because you want to synthesize with other believers in this world. God wants to help your generation rise up and be overcomers. If you go to college or you enter the workforce, you will begin to think you might be the only Christians in the world and so why even try? You might become discouraged, especially if you go to, to a state university. Be warned, you may be thinking you're the only Christians. So why not just be like the rest of the kids? You might become discouraged and think that God has forgotten about His plan for you or that He has no plan for you. That's why you must intentionally synthesize with the collective of believers that are scattered about in culture. It takes an effort on your part to stay involved with church or to get involved with a campus ministry or college ministry group if you're going to be at a school. But if you look, you can always find those who refuse to bend the knee to this culture. You'll find those who want to live their lives in purity with a clear conscience before God who want to enter into the Holy of Holies and be known as His children. You can be a part of a national revival which seeks to restore the principles found in God's Word and the patterns in our history which encompassed them.
You just need to know that you're either part of God's plot to save the world or you're going to be a part of Satan's scheme to undermine it. Those are the only two choices you have. But those are the only two choices mankind has ever had. Jeremiah would remind you graduates that you are at a crossroads. You can continue the path set before you by the church, your families, those godly friends you have. Or you can choose to veer off for a while into years of disconnection, disorientation, and discouragement. And the thoughts God has toward you are peaceful and will keep you from harm. So please choose His path. Because His thoughts always give you hope and certainty in an uncertain world. You are the children of exile. Your grandparents were inattentive to the principles and patterns given to them by God, so it was your parents who were captivated by the deceptive and hollow philosophies of this world packaged in modern technologies. They have been carried off into the perspective of pagan idolatries and they have done what they can to protect you and to protect themselves by continuing to believe in their lives. It is now your turn to join other young believers that God will gather to you to rise together and restore the church of Christ in this culture so that it can prepare all those we know for the second coming of Jesus. His coming, His second coming is sure. And this time it will usher in the end of all temporal things, but bring about the beginning of all things eternal. Jeremiah was a great prophet. He was a great prophet of his day, and his words of prophecy can bless our graduates of 2021 today. All the things that he prophesied back in the 500-600 B.C., they all came true. It happened exactly as he predicted. The concepts of truth and triumph that he talked about are equally applicable to us today as we find ourselves captivated in this post-Christian, post-modern, neo-pagan culture. And if you want to know more about those things, just listen to the sermons from this past year as we've talked about them. We're counting on you screenagers to be the modern-day remnant of God who returns from exile to restore God's plan to prosper your generation in hope and certainty. My question for you is, will you rise up with other believers of your generation to answer God's challenge? Not just graduates, but those of you who are in high school and junior high. For the sake of all of us and Jeremiah, we're counting on you to get us safely back home. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful today for this opportunity to celebrate with our graduates. Lord, we pray for Cheyenne and Gavin and Brady. We pray, Lord, that as their life has a lot of questions before them that the one question that can be resolved right now is will you walk with them, will they walk with you will be resolved in their heart and mind even in this day.
I pray for them. I pray for their heart. I pray for their mind right now that they will decide right now in this place, in this time, with family and friends who sit around them, that they will decide in their heart right now to connect with you, to coordinate their plans with your plans for this world. And to believe that they're part of a greater collective of believers around this country who can rise up together, help us find our way out of captivity and back to the promised land where we honor God as a culture and a society. We become the bright light that's set on a hill for all the world to see that is the epitome of freedom. Lord, we don't want them to feel a great deal of responsibility or pressure. We just want them to understand that they have an opportunity as young people, graduates, as well as the young people who are here with us today that are in high school and junior high. They have the opportunity to draw near to you. And they truly can save their generation. They can literally save it for your son, Jesus Christ. We're not sure when you have set the day, the hour for your son to return, Father. But I pray that you would help us, these young people, have that sense of urgency, but also just have the sense of confidence because we know you have plans for us. You don't want to harm us. You don't want us to come to harm. You want us to have hope and certainty as we go through this life. So bless these children with this truth of trust in you that will get them there no matter what might happen in the decades to come. We pray this in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. And let all God's people say, Amen.